Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Stag. Man and his amazing friends. But let me start the episode uh, formally here. Bring Ryan the Steg- energy up. Ryan Stegman. Ryan. Ryan, yes. are you listening? I'm listening. How are you? How's it going? Welcome to your podcast. I'm fantastic. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I'm one of the two supple boys that makes this show for you, sir. I'm Griffin. Ethan is here. Hello, Ethan. Hi. And this week, we are joined by a, a very special guest, amazing friend of the show. Tyrell Cannon is here with us this week. Tyrell, yeah. how are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Glad to have you, man. Uh, we're going to be getting into a book that you are working on right now with. Um, it's your brother, uh, is yeah, it? Correct? Yeah, my younger brother. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, you and your brother Logan Cannon are working on a book called Eris currently, and we're going to get all into it, all about it on this episode of Stegman and his amazing friends. But first, I would love to know a little bit more about how you came to know Mr. Ryan Stegman and how you got into comics. So, yeah. Ryan, do you have anything to kick us off, to start us off on the story of how you and Tyrell became friends? I think it was is Daniel's fault. Daniel yes. Johnson, who's been on the show several times, uh, he uh, and Tyrell live in Chicago. I guess you guys probably ran in the same circles. Um, became friends. Dan's a... Uh, um, um, a really hard person to be friends with. So Tyrell was like, hey, can you introduce me to other people that I could be friends with mm-hmm. instead? Mm-hmm. And so Daniel had him come on our uh, Skype calls and Tyrell dipped in and out, you know, occasionally early on. And now he's a pre- he's pretty regularly on the calls. So, you know, he, he's passed the test. Um, he's allowed <laughs> to be on the calls. And uh, and yeah, he's one of the I don't know how, how many of us are there. It's like eight of us that are consistently on there, I would say, about. so. It was a gauntlet. It was arduous, arduous test I had to go through. It was, it was yeah, we hazed him. There was a lot it of hazing. Crazy. Yeah, lots of explanations, terms, uh, qualifiers, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm, of that sort. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, Dan, uh, Dan's the one who brought me on the call because I've been making comics for a long time and, uh, you know, uh, but I wasn't doing it for my, my job until maybe two years ago. And so then I was able nice. to maybe be a little more, uh, you know, it's like I would get home and, and start drawing from my day job and I'd be like, Oh, I'll jump on Skype. But by then they were all gone. And so I never really got on the call until I was kind of doing this in the daytime. Um, right. but it's, it's been great. It's like, uh, you know, you're working by yourself all the time. It's nice to have some other people in your ears, you know, even if it is Ryan. So mm-hmm. thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and of course we've heard about the skype group the skype calls many times in the past we've had other skype call uh group members on the show before of course riley rosmo uh d-dubs as we're talking about here kenny porter of course um these are all names that you guys should be familiar with and tyrell it's awesome to uh add you to the collection of skype call yeah. members that have been on the show 
I want to talk a little bit about. Honestly, can we do? Let's do a little detour into the Skype call group. I want to know more about what you guys get up to on there. Is it simply to have someone to talk to while you're drawing because it's such a long and you know time-consuming thing, or do you guys constantly kind of bounce ideas back and forth? How much of the talk is business and how much of it is play? Is it just it's... for organizing Mario Kart games? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say it's mostly bullshit, but but we do. Uh... You know, like we all share what we're working on. Oh, I can't get this right. You know, uh, it, does this look okay? Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. So, you know, and then you'll put, uh, take a photo of what you're working on and put it in the chat, and you know, everybody will chime in. Or, uh, you know, if anybody has any questions about the business or you know, advice stuff like that, we all seem to talk about that. But mostly, it's just like dick jokes and <laughs> okay, <laughs> like cool, mindlessly chatting while drawing you know like what is a ryan lee calls it video game talk where yeah he, you know he you're just like kind of saying stuff occasionally and you you just hope that somebody's in there to uh who's gonna hold up the conversation while and you can just chime in every once in a while mm-hmm. um sometimes it's dead air though <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> just the vague sound of pencils scratching yeah. away yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and that'll it. be broken up by a few different things. You know, someone will 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 be uh, holding their breath and go. <sighs> <laughs> the other the other common one, a pencil being sharpened, an electric sharpener, or a or a eraser. You know, going across the page. Uh, comforting sounds, though, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like ASMR. Yeah. 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 Dan mm-hmm. will just come on and make the most outrageous racket you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and I never know what he's doing, but he's just like searching for stuff and just slamming stuff around. If you've ever been in his studio, you would, I mean, it's for him to find anything in there. Uh, I don't understand how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Is it messier than Ryan's little setup that he's got going there? I've never been in his place, but uh, it looks messy. <laughs> mine's, so yeah, I've got all these books all over the place, but it's, it's actually not that messy right now. It's pretty messy. Um, I'm lying. Yeah, it's very messy right now. But I, <laughs> I've been keeping it cleaner. And now that we're, I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, shit, I let it get out of hand again. So mm-hmm. I need to fix that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is D-Dubs ever just shredding on these Skype calls? Yes. Unfortunately, yes, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be noodling. It's not plugged in, so it's just like that tinny. Yeah, yeah. Got, you. got you. All right. I enjoy the calls though for the the moral support. You know, when you when yeah. you're having a bad day drawing and you just think something sucks, sometimes you just need another person to look at it to be like, no, it doesn't suck, or like, yeah, it does <laughs> suck. Start over, and then you right. kind of know, and you don't have to just live in your head with it for for twelve hours or whatever. You can just be like, okay, yes, this hand is is fucking whack. I need to you know right. redo it. Would you say it's a good thing for aspiring artists to maybe find a group that they can kind of get together in a way like that so then they can have that sort of second voice, that second set of eyes on their stuff while they're doing it? Is that sort of could that be crucial or is it all just supplementary? I think it's crucial. Even before this, I mean, I have been lucky in Chicago. We have a great group of creators of all different kinds, you know, making all different kinds of work in every kind of subsect has their own little meetups and stuff and um mm-hmm. you know i like i think that you're not really gonna in my opinion you're not gonna improve if you don't have that you know because because mm-hmm. it's really easy when you're just kind of doing your own thing to get 
sort of so much in your own head that the things that aren't working aren't even the things that you're noticing anymore. Um, right. And also that camaraderie. So like when you're stuck, you feel, you know, like I've, in Chicago here, we had a, a crit club for a while I used to go to. They, they still operate. There's drink and draws. Well, there was drink and draws. I'm hoping they start coming back now. Um, but yeah, or like even just, uh, you know, me and Dan and our, and our friend Landis Blair, we, we'll get together and just jam sometimes. And, and just being able to feed off someone else's energy for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, or just vent about crap that your your you know your your normie friends don't want to hear about. You know, like <laughs> sure. like oh man, you know it's just so hard to draw these trapezius muscles, and it's really pissing me <laughs> off. You know, my uh-huh. wife doesn't want to hear about that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ryan Segman does though, so you feel free to tell him about all the muscles because he's an expert on muscles. He is an expert. Yeah, my traps are crazy. So. <laughs> Is it true that you reference yourself and all of your muscular character art? <laughs> uh, they'd have giant guts if that were true. Not giant. <laughs> ones that they're still trying to get rid of. You know, the it's a Peloton, man. You're, you're, you're there. You're there. I saw I saw Ryan Segman last week. I can confirm he's looking great. Thank you. Trim. Of course. Um, but comic books are pretty good, but they're pretty cool. Wouldn't yeah. you guys agree? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, Tyrell, you were just saying that um, comics have just recently uh, become, or I should say relatively recently, become your full-time thing. Um, what were what you up to before, and how did you get to the point of deciding comics are going to be your day job? Uh, before um, before I was doing comics full-time, I worked at um, an art school. I worked at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. I was an administrator wow. there. Nice. So I worked kind of like uh it, it was kind of like a logistics type job you know with like helping students if you guys have been to a college that has film you know like a film program like i ran the place that checked out all the cameras and equipment to mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. then i also ended up being in charge of the area that sold supplies and um you know it was it, it's where i went to school and i had a lot of really good friends there i still have a lot of good friends from that job Mm-hmm. Um, but it was never like my goal to work there. Um, mm-hmm. but it was just so comfortable. And I also, I think I was just kind of afraid to, to, to make comics my thing. Cause, right. um, you know, it's, it's tough, you know? And so I, uh, I was there for what, almost, almost 15 years. And, um, wow. before that I had a short stint where I lived in Los Angeles and I did, you know, work on film stuff and, uh, in another life did, did some of that stuff and, um, you know, ended up back in Chicago doing that. And then eventually it just was like, all I could think about was how I didn't want to be doing that. I wanted to be drawing. And every day it's like, I would come home from work and my wife, you know, I'd be talking to her and I'd be like, yeah, I just wish I could draw comics all the time. I just want to draw <laughs> comics, you know? And like, mm-hmm. I, I just, uh, you know, if I could just have more time and if I could just, and she really encouraged me to to take that plunge because a couple years prior to that, I had encouraged her to quit her job. She's a, a jewel a jewelry maker, a jewelry designer, and um, so she had taken that plunge and uh, then encouraged me to do the same. And so you know nice. now we're both uh, doing it and stressed out and uh, <laughs> <laughs> stressed you know, out living your dreams, working constantly and yeah, living our dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. And of course, uh, very appropriate for. Our uh, catchphrase that we'll have at the end of the show here for Mr. Ryan Stegman, <laughs> quit your jobs, chase your dreams. Tyrell, you're a, a living example of it and doing pretty good, might I add, because Eris is awesome, sir. Um, Ethan and I both got to read uh, the first two issues, courtesy of you guys, um, this afternoon. And boy, oh boy, were they fantastic. So I want to hear about 
Um, one, like you guys have been doing this through Kickstarter, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So of course that's becoming a uh, an option for comics creators that become like rampantly becoming more and more popular. Um, so how has the Kickstarter pr- uh, platform been for you and Logan? And um, you know how has that sort of helped you guys reach all your goals and stuff? It's been good. I've I've done personally. I've already done five Kickstarters on my own. Um, well, I say on my own. I had some collaborators on them. Um, and then, uh, well, I, you know, if you count the ones I didn't run under my name, like I just did Beef Bros with Aubrey Citizen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he did the the grunt work, not the grunt work. He did the lion's share of that work. He did so much work on that. So I don't claim that one, but that one was successful. And the other ones were all successful too. You know, I, I did three anthologies um, of science fiction romance comics called um, Speculative Relationships with my buddy Scott Kroll, uh, which actually was the first place Daniel Warren Johnson has work in print. Um, oh, man. Some of them still available on my website, just saying. But wow. yeah, Dan's in those and, and a bunch of other great creators like, um, you know, Ben Passmore, Ezra Clayton Daniels, uh, Grim Wilkins. Um, they were a blast to put together. We put out three of those. And then me and uh, Landis Blair did a print portfolio together on um, on Kickstarter, which was really fun too, uh, packed with awesome artists. And then um, I did Eris number one last year, and then Eris number two this year. And then I also did a book called Astrobiology with Seth Jacob on Kickstarter and Beef Bros with Aubrey Citizen um, on Kickstarter. And mm-hmm. so far, I've had pretty much only successes, um, nice. which is a great feeling. And so it's been a good platform for me in a lot of ways. I think that... Mm-hmm it exposes you to a sort of a different market than just selling in shops does. Um, there's a lot of pros and cons to it. A lot of work that goes into it. It's not mm-hmm. like an easy thing. Um, but after I did like a couple, I started getting the hang of how I like to do them um, and right. ways that work for me and for the scale of the books that I do. Um, so I like it. I think it's a great platform. I mean, I, you know, I'm nervous about how, you know, what it's going to look like in the future. It could get better. It could get worse. You know, there's a lot of like, huge creators that get on kickstarter now which is cool and in theory mm-hmm. it brings more people to the platform um so it, you know in theory it could be you know a great thing and that, you know there's all these conversations right now floating around about like oh you know it made more money than the direct market and yada 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 i mean those are way bigger conversations than we should get into here but i think mm-hmm. the at the crux of it is that it's a it's like a sustainable and um you know, relevant way to release a book now, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. My first campaign was like 2014, 2015, and it was much different back then. Um, it's changed a lot, but I think for the better, you know, more spam as far as like when you <laughs> launch a campaign, you get about 100 emails that are spam. But beyond oh, yeah. that, there's a lot that's gotten easier. The platform's gotten easier to use, you know, more options. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been good. I hope that answers the question. Yeah. Do you ever... Take, do you take the books to any stores in Chicago and let them sell them there at all? Yeah, yeah. So um, actually, that reminds me. I got to get over to Challengers. Um, Challengers sells my stuff. I sell my stuff at Chicago Comics and Quimby's, or at least I, I was. I haven't brought the two newest books there yet. But um, I know all those stores from when I was, I mean, I've, I've been self-publishing for like 10 or 12 years, you know, my own stuff. And so I've been selling stuff at those shops for a while. And then I, on my Kickstarter levels, I usually have a retail level where they get like five copies of the book. And that's never like, I never get like a hundred stores, but you know, if I can get five to 15 stores, that's yeah, Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Do you have, is there like something, you know, um, 
because a lot of it, of course, is is being published digitally. Do you have like a, a preference or are you like totally cool with just straight digital publishing? Or is there a little part of you that's like, damn, the physical copy is like the way to go? Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't have a problem with digital. It's, it just mm -hmm. kind of depends on the book and how you design it. I think that what I try to do with with uh, like Eris, for example, is I I make it to be printed, but I consider the fact that I'm going to have digital backers. And so I try to yeah. account for that in the way I use it. Whereas if I was doing something that was straight digital, it probably wouldn't look the same, you know, because I would want to take advantage of that format and the way you scroll right. through or tap through. Whereas with a comic on paper, you have the advantages of like, you know, controlling kind of how 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 uh, you flip through it. So mm -hmm. a big thing for me when I'm looking at books is going back and forth and looking at old pages and new pages and connecting the dots between panel arrangements and those kind of things and story elements. And mm -hmm. that's a little more challenging on, uh, you know, on digital readers. Um, so, you know, I'm all for it in, in the sense that if somebody wants to read it digital, like I know a lot of people are trying to not have a, a bunch of books in their house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll make myself available there. Um, you know, I do prefer comics on paper, though. That's like of course. the big thing for me. I think a lot about how it feels and what the weight of it is and how you mm -hmm. have like once you have that book, you have to deal with it now. And so it, yeah. it just like automatically becomes more important to you than a file on your computer. Sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So you just kind of alluded to the um, the guided panel view that's on a lot of like digital comic platforms and such. And I like to pose this question to some of the artists that have, that have come through that being, how do you feel about guided panel view? Is it good? Do you hate the fact that it can sort of like bypass the, uh, the full page and that sort of stuff? The I know Riley, yeah. Riley Rosmo hates it. Every time yeah. we bring it up, he's like, no, 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 it's not how you do it's it. It's probably because they can't get it to work on his comic. I think it can be awesome, but I think just taking a book off the stands and, and plugging it into that doesn't work at all. I think it's it's awful. Um, mm -hmm. But I've seen a lot of digital comics that that do it in an intentional way, um, like, like Ezra Clinton Daniels' Upgrade Soul. It was originally an app, and so things would expand out and fill in in different ways. You know, it was more like like those little, um, you know, those little wooden puzzles with the different shapes where you have to kind of move them around. It, it kind of fills in more like that. And you can also have music that accompanies different parts and stuff. And that's awesome. Like, I love comics like that. But just to take, like, the newest issue of, of King in Black and, and then say, here's the panel you got to look at first, uh, that's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I uh, I do the guided view a lot. Especially yeah, like on old stuff, because because they sure. well, I don't know why I do it. It's 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 something about the digital version versus the like on a, in a print version. There's something it, for for whatever reason, it feels overwhelming when I look at a page digitally, mm. and so I like the the focus of it um, being guided. But like I would never. I mean I don't know how you you can't translate it to uh, print comics, but I prefer the print. Specifically, specifically with old stuff where the pages are so dense. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's nice to be guided around it. But with stuff like Danny Warren Johnson, the whole page is showing you crazy shit. And it's like yeah. often really, really big panels and real. And so it's, yeah, it's a little different. Right. Depends on the book, I guess. But yeah, I, I don't know anything that's sort of like a, a, a thing you can stick on to anything. It's probably just like not as good you know like yeah it's just not not you know when you can be intentional if the artist can have some say too that would be great mm -hmm. um because there's times when it, you know like i'll design a page and i want 
two panels to be read congruently. Like they're not supposed to be read necessarily in sequence because maybe there's no words in them, but I want you to see them at the same time. Right. So, yeah. Like I know, I know manga publishers won't let comiXology do it. Um, I think that's, I think that's interesting. That is interesting. I don't know why that is. There is something that feels more organized about a manga page mm. digitally. Maybe it's, I mean, it could just be that the colors are so vivid on an <laughs> iPad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's why it's, because I do feel like I, I don't mind them when I read manga digitally. I don't mind that it's not guided. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, something about the full color stuff, especially, I, it, it might just be the old stuff too, where it's just like bright yellows and bright. <laughs> reds and you know and like a million right words of, yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no i totally agree you can get up close and personal with some of that art sometimes on the yeah. guy's panel view especially if you've got a pretty big tablet screen that you're looking at and i love that um and then some of the stuff though he you can tell like uh, i feel like i feel bad that i'm looking at this tiny figure that this artist yeah. drew this size it's just, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah it's just it a scribble yeah. yeah um well, good. That was a good discussion, boys, and I agree that it's a it's a mixed bag. Great transition, but... Griffin. Of course, <laughs> Ryan. It's my As, after each segment of discussion, Griffin will let you know how he thought it went. You rate it. <laughs> All right, yeah. guys. I nice thought work, that was guys. nice segment. Mm, seven seven point five out of ten on that segment. But a little, a little more energy going into this next segment. <laughs> uh, I would say that that was a ten out of ten. Tyrell carried you though. Agreed. Oh yeah, agree for sure. Tyrell, you're, the credits on Eris are, are pretty straightforward. You've got a story and art credit, and your brother Logan's got story credits. So how does that work break down for you guys exactly? Um, so the Eris originally started as a um, kind of a brainstorming session I was having with a, a, another friend of mine, John, uh, mm-hmm. John Wright, um, a long time ago. And we kind of came up with all these crazy ideas, and we're going to do this book together. And it just never worked out. I was working on other things. And then years later, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, man, I really like kind of some of these ideas. And so my brother and I would just uh, get on a call like once a week and start sort of fleshing out what we thought would be cool. Um, a lot of it's kind of like my wacky ideas or, or just like more maybe not wacky, but I tend to think a little more. Um, I don't think in in story structure maybe as naturally as he does. You know, he writes screenplays and stuff, and and he's he's an actor and you know all these things. And so sure, I feel like he he's one of the reasons I wanted to work with him was because his brother is Nick Cannon. Yeah, he's Nick Cannon. Oh no shit! Wow. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. But (laughs) um, but yeah, I think that uh, you know it kind of starts with just a lot of talking, and then um, I'll I'll start typing into like a Google document like, okay. Uh, there needs to be a scene and, and he's going to punch this guy in the head and then he has to say a cool line and then they mm-hmm. got to know where to go next. And then Logan will come in and kind of break that up and add some beats and add what the cool line actually is. So anytime <laughs> there's like cool dialogue in the book, it's almost 100 percent Logan. It's like I'm just like <laughs> make him say something cool. And then Logan comes in and has this this cool line for him to say. Right. And so he kind of like I guess in the traditional sense, it'd be almost like we both plot it and he scripts it, I guess, is one way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it's kind of all in my hands. And so I take the script, um, which, you know, when I work alone, I don't usually use a script. I just kind of well, I didn't used to. I would just go, you know, mm-hmm. and with this, it's been nice to have the script. So I so I can sort of think a little more structurally than I did with my older work, which is a little more experimental. And so. Mm-hmm. 
then it's just me. You know, I thumbnail it. I show him the thumbnails. Uh, sometimes he'll have visual ideas too. He'll say, oh, what, wouldn't it be cool if you tried this or you tried this? And he, he draws a little bit. He, he does some little drawings for me too. And then I'll kind of go back you're and like, forth with them. You're like, shut up, Logan. Right. <laughs> we, the nice I'm thing the is, artist. That, right. We are, um, you know, we're only about a year and a half apart. And so we, you know, experienced all the same sort of media at the same time. So we have a lot of shorthand between each other and we can say, oh, this is going to feel, this needs to feel like that episode of Gargoyles or, you know, this is like got to be like Predator or whatever. Um, And so, so then, yeah, then I start doing the the drawing and uh, months later, (laughs) you know, there's, we, we, you know, once it's all done, we take another pass at the dialogue balloons and stuff and make sure that it still works with whatever I changed in the art. Um, and then I, I, I color it and I do have a color assistant, uh, Alexandra Terry. Alex is awesome. She's been my assistant off and on for a few years now. And, um, she, she flats the colors for me, but she, she doesn't just flat the colors. Like I usually tell her, I'm like, if you have cool color ideas, put them in there and Mm -hmm. I'll see if I like them. And so sometimes the final colors will be influenced by, by the things she does sometimes not, but, um, She's amazing and she's fast and she's uh, incredible uh, and brings a lot of good energy to the book. So the team of three. Very nice. I love hearing the collaborative process when when more than one person is working on the story side of things, because Griffin and I are writing comics and I find him impossible to work with. So (laughs) any kind any kind of advice that I can get is. is Well, one thing we established is is like um because we've collaborated on a few things and we hope to do more is kind of whoever's idea the 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 germ of the idea was that person gets final say Mm -hmm. and so sometimes Mm -hmm. if we have a disagreement about what a character should do or something um whoever's you know like eris is more kind of my germ than his germ and so we just decided for the ease of those conversations i get final say whereas Mm -hmm. like if we were working on a script he wrote and i didn't like what a character was doing he could kind of veto me and that's it's actually right. it sounds weird, but it's like actually really nice because then you're just like, OK, well, fine. I don't have to argue about this. Like it's it's his thing and we can right. we can do it that way. But have we don't really have to tell your arguments. moms. Yeah, we tell mom. Mom, <laughs> Logan's being a jerk again. <clears throat> See, Ethan and I do have a similar thing there where if we disagree about something, we will typically um, both draw broadswords and then battle to the death. Mm-hmm. And On and horseback. whoever gets. Yeah, whoever gets the closest to killing the other is the one who gets final say usually yeah that's, that's well that's a whole nother method you know like if that works for you <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd say we so. disagree a lot so it's <laughs> brutal and he lives on the other side of the planet too so it's like a long like needless to... to say our comic is taking forever <laughs> welcome to comics <laughs> amen amen well before we talk about errors anymore we should probably let the folks know uh what it's all about um so tyrell did you want to Give us a little bit of a synopsis with however, whatever amount of spoilers you want to throw at the audience. What is Eris and sure. why should they be reading it? Well, on the most basic level, it's it's just a story about, you know, structures of power and, and how people can um, uh, carry themselves within that structure. And so it follows the story of this team of super soldiers that work for this uh, mysterious group that rules the entire planet and maybe some of the planets around it. So it's a far off future science fiction story. There's this kind of overwhelming cabal of power that is sort of slowly over time taken over all of Earth's nations and all of Earth's politics. And um, Mm -hmm. this is sort of their SEAL team that goes on missions for them. 
Um, one of the things they do to control people is kind of they dose them with this drug called root. So all the population gets a little bit of it and it kind of makes them collectively um, calm and, and docile to some degree. But the drug can also uh, be used to make these super soldiers when it's taken in, in bigger doses. Um, so the story is these guys are on their way to find the source of this uh, drug so that they can secure it for this evil, I, I say evil, I guess, the evil people that they work for. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, it's 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 supposed to be uh, off in space where this rogue agent is. And so um, the, the elevator pitch is that it's uh, Heart of Darkness or uh, uh, Apocalypse Now in space, basically. You have a, nice. a guy on a mission to, to get a rogue agent uh, working for some sort of government. I thought you said something that it had something to do with My Little Ponies also. Yeah, yeah, it's a brony uh, fan film. Wow. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, the, the other elevator pitch is that it's um, kind of just uh, extreme violence uh, in, in full, bright, vibrant colors. You know, a big part <laughs> yeah. of this for oh, me yeah. was to yeah. kind of, it's a formal experiment for me in a lot of ways to, to see what can be done with, with action on the page and, and, and what you can do with, with characters without only having them say things, but showing how they move and, and how they see time and and having uh, a peek inside their brains a little bit. Um, and so as the story goes on, uh, Jubal, who's the, the youngest member of the team, is sort of starting to question uh, working with these guys because they're awful. They're one of, one of the friends I sent this to to read who actually didn't like it very much, he, he, you know, he said that, well, these guys are just the biggest assholes in the galaxy. I'm like, yes, exactly. They are the biggest <laughs> assholes in the is. galaxy. Um, and you're stuck with them. And then uh, so as the story pr progresses, you, you sort of have to come to terms with what they're doing and decide uh, by the end, you know, how Jubilast decide how he wants to uh, to react to the situation that he's in. Um, and you start uh, to see the germs of that in issue two a little bit. As far as the action stuff that you're doing goes, uh, I just would like to point out that and I said this on Instagram, but um, that I've been stealing from Tyrell. <laughs> uh, the the motion blur that Tyrell does, I've been uh, toying with it because it always looks cool. So um, very good. Th yeah. <laughs> there was like a uh, that Spider-Man chameleon conspiracy or whatever that book was called. Uh, I did uh, cover for, and everybody was like, "I love that blur," and I had I I had to admit it. I was like, "Okay, I can't take all the credit for this. I just stole this from how Tyrell does it." Well, I was very flattered, and, and I feel like that's the other nice thing about having groups of creators is you can sort of learn from each other and steal from each other, and, and mm -hmm. I'm constantly stealing from these guys, and it's, uh, well, when I can. I was I, I, I will admit, the other day I was doing a commission, and I was trying to give it that up-looking Stegman shot, you know, oh, yeah. kind of below the characters, and, and I couldn't do it, so I just scrapped it and started over. You, I never your, realized your art, has, your art has that element that I find in D-Dub's work a lot. That yeah, it looks like it's moving. Like and mm -hmm. I, I think like that's such a that's such an important feel. Like I, I love that so much. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you noticed that because it's something I've I've been working on for a long time and um, it's really fun. It's like it's like I, I don't know, comics and drawing is sort of just like magic. You know, it, when you oh, come yeah. down to it, it's like you're showing motion and you're showing space and you're showing all these things on like a two dimensional plane with just like lines on paper. And mm -hmm. so when you can do stuff, like make it look like someone's arm is moving at like, you know, sonic speeds, that's mm -hmm. really like, that's the goal, man. And that's what, that's like the high I get when I'm working on something is when I figure something out that just like, you're like, that works, that totally works. And then pushing Absolutely. it, pushing it and pushing it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I gotta say, of course you like your pencils are incredible. The colors are incredible. 
uh, I also love the lettering as well. Are you doing the lettering? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I letter it too. Um, I'm, thank you. I, of course. Uh, the first issue, I actually hand lettered the whole thing. Nice. But then when I went to print it, I kind of was looking at it and I was like, I love hand lettering, but I knew that it was just a little too inconsistent for, for people, I think the general public. And so what I did was I made a font of my hand lettering and that's what I used for the final letters on the first two issues. I was going to say, it's kind of what it looks like. Um, yeah. And I really like that because, you know, it just gives it, I don't know, just a more personal sort of more original yeah, for sure. vibe to it for sure. Um, oh, man, I, I don't want my stuff to look like anybody else's. And so, you know, if you can if you can take any element and not do what everybody else is doing, mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing. More yeah, work. Abso- absolutely. So are you a big sci-fi fan then? Is that yeah. is this sort of like a, your your main shtick or is this a new <laughs> sort of venture for you? Science fiction is like huge, man, for me. Like I grew mm-hmm. up on. You know, I, I I see I saw Alien when I was like really really young and um, grew up on like Total Recall and The Thing and then like like movies like Commando and Predator and um, mm-hmm. I think that you know over the years those things have always been in my life and but then I started studying like more fine art and I got really into that stuff but it's weird like all those things have sort of built on each other and now I'm sort of been over the last couple of years swinging back around to some of the more mainstream comics and the science fiction and action movies that I grew up with and. Mm-hmm. And finding them to be this really fertile ground for for the kind of work I like to make, which is maybe a little more, um, you know, a little different. You know, the stories I want to tell are maybe just uh, a little more uh, experimental, I guess, is the, just the easy way to say it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, science fiction is, is big. And I, I was a huge fan of, of the, the, the Prophet relaunch by, by Simon and Brandon, um, Simon Roy and Brandon Graham. That mm-hmm. kind of science fiction that sort of paints a big, giant world that is full of so many things that you just get these little hints, but not full explanations. Um, I think that's really fun. I think that as a, as a reader, I like to engage with those worlds that haven't explained everything down to the minutia so that uh, the world remains really big and really mysterious to you. And, and so you still feel like you're exploring it. You're not, you're not just like, uh, learning about it. Yeah. Learning about it, you know, like informational science fiction. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in junior high, I used to love like Michael Crichton, but now that stuff's just too like, this is what's happening. Like every every little thing is explained and 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 sort of in in mathematical terms. And so with Eris, we go with something a little more kind of fantastical, I guess. You know, right in that sense. Oh yeah, because like in these first couple issues, we get to explore what like two or three different planets, and then there's little bases and clubs or what have you in those yeah. places as well. And so just introducing the reader to like those locations uh, in general. And of course the modes of transportation are quite unique as well. Um, and, yeah, that was uh, a big one, man. I, I, I wanted space travel to be cool again. You know, I didn't just want mm-hmm. it to be people sitting in a, a seat strapped in. And so I, I wanted like mag maglev, you know, launches. And I, I, yeah. I, I was also going to do this, the space hook thing, but I, I didn't quite work that in. I wanted like there to be some cryogenic sleep that was not like, people in a frozen tank but was like grosser and or gooier and wetter mm-hmm. i wanted everything mm-hmm. to be wet and gooey and shiny and like kind of like psychosexual in a way <laughs> sure sure that's in sci-fi for like that's sort yeah. of a, a, a baseline sort of freudian thing that most sci-fi projects tend to have i would say so you're in the right vein right um, right I, I make no i'm not 
you know, I'm not unaware of the kind of implications of my naked men in space. Thing, so. <laughs> Absolutely. What, so why are they naked men in space? Tell me about. <laughs> tell me because you've got some really interesting designs on the characters. Um, on the just on the dongs. <laughs> on the dongs. <laughs> yeah, that's my next question: Is where are the dongs, Tyrell? <laughs> well, I um, who let the dongs out? I <laughs> I was uh, originally they were even more naked than they are now. I I drew oh, really? like the first few pages, and um, they just had like um, like briefs on that were like silver colored. Um, and I was showing that to actually to Dan and Landis and they both were like, I don't know, man, they're just naked guys. Like you gotta, there has to be some, you know, you can, can, they said, this is how they got me to, to, to work on it more. They said, you can do better than this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's when I went back and was like, okay, well maybe some, some like armor accents would be nice. But, um, the, 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 the idea was, is that um, in the first issue, you see these kind of like stereotypical space marine looking guys on a mission that are like the good guys. And uh, the idea was is that that sort of design has been, to me, has been done so many times. And I love I love aliens. I love Starship Troopers. I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, do I want to make another thing that's just, you know, Halo or Gears of War or, right. or something that we've seen a hundred times? And so I wanted these guys to be the most dangerous humans in the universe you know they're 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 so dangerous and so powerful that they don't even need armor they don't even need you know to have all this technology it's sort of like instead of being like a um you know a a being that that puts on things to make themselves dangerous their whole being has been hyped up so like they're, they're almost like superheroes in the sense that they have like speed and strength and maybe they're a little bulletproof um and then that juxtaposition of like they're fighting people that would be kind of intimidating in the traditional science fiction design sense, but they're just these naked dudes. Um, mm-hmm. And then I like the first thing the I other... thought when I saw them was the Saiyans from Dragon Ball, because when sure. the Saiyans first show up, they're in little briefs and, and right. they're, they're like they're, they're practically in little bondage outfits, but they're so <laughs> powerful that you can't you got to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It, well, and that's the thing, too, is that. With with a lot of like um, the other things I'm into with like Renaissance art and stuff, you know, there's a lot of just the the human body being sort of, um, you know, uh, raised up to this level of like a beautiful object. And I think oh, yeah. superhero comics do the same thing. They, and, and like they're basically naked people. They're just painted a different color. And mm-hmm. it's weird how when you just change it to a skin tone that automatically shifts the way people see it. And I was really intrigued by how that would be read. And and a lot of the book is about sort of there's there's things I'm talking about with my brother and things that I'm working on when I'm thinking about the story that have to do with ideas of to- toxic masculinity and and what is it to be tough and strong and powerful and mm-hmm. and 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 so I I thought okay if these guys look like bodybuilders or or uh, athletes you know MMA fighters I don't know to me that that seems like it hits a different note with like the 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 bigger consciousness right now than like a you know, a guy who has a cape on. And then not that there's anything wrong with that, but just with mm-hmm. the kind of things I was going into, that's what I wanted to, right. to show. Sure. So kind of uh, on that note, between what you're speaking to on, on the character design and such, but also, of course, the over the overarching narrative of this and uh, something like uh, Beef Bros, of course, are sort of political, but not in an overwhelming sense, I would say. Um, yeah. But it does have a lot of... Uh, I think ideas and little pieces of commentary. Uh, so is that, how intentional is that? And is that something that's like important to you in these projects or is it just sort of happened naturally? 
Yeah, I mean, th- those things are important to me. And um, it's funny because Aubrey, when he got in touch with me, had had seen Eris and mm-hmm. he was able to see that, OK, you're talking about systems of, of power and how people mm-hmm. use them, too, in a mm-hmm. much different way than what we had in mind for Beef Bros. But, you know, it's like I'm interested in making work that talks about the human condition on some level. And, and so that's mm-hmm. it's going to be political on some level. Um, I think it loses a lot of its power when you have Pitt kill Bill Clinton or something. You know, I don't think that that to me says as much. Uh, nothing against Pitt. I love Pitt. Mm-hmm. But I think that, um, you know, it's just something that I think about a lot, especially these last few years, like mm-hmm. how there's these structures in place and these people that are putting these positions, whether it be people with money, people without money, people in political office, you know, people who run corporations that that are, you know, in, in charge of so much of our lives. Um and, and, and maybe taking that with Eris, it was like extrapolating a really dark place from that. You know, like right. we, we've gotten to a point where there's five, you know, I guess like, you know, you could say whoever you want to say is in the spheres that's the, that are in Eris that run the world. But mm-hmm. there's these people that that run the world and we're all sort of like just, you know, we 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 do what they want us to do, whether we know it or not. And it's kind of like um, it's like a lack of freedom because you don't even know what you're missing anymore um so that was kind of where i was coming out with eris and then same thing with with uh with aubrey and beef bros we, we were just talking about how so many of the things we grew up with from from the 80s and 90s um the heroes of those stories in a lot of ways were um like holding up this sort of uh paradigm of power that we look back on and we're like oh man this is like really horrible stuff that they're saying and doing mm-hmm. and so we wanted to make those kind of heroes but have them be more focused on helping each other instead of upholding the law or upholding the president's order or upholding right. some right. some terrible thing that they were trying to to do um and so it's it's kind of like the there's the happy version which is beef bros and then there's the like the super violent version which is eris i mean they're different in a lot of other ways but that part of it like the i guess you could call it political but i i call it more just like how humans sort of get when they get into groups you know yeah sort of sociological uh, right more so yeah yeah totally totally yeah. Sweet, man. Well, I appreciate it. I love that shit so much. And so hopping into this and just like reading uh, just like the breakdown up at the top of the issues and stuff was very like, OK, well, fuck, yeah, I'm I'm on board already. Um, yeah, we wanted to have those little title crawls at the beginning. I, I like them. I think it's an easy way to drop information so that in the book you can just focus on on like the interactions the characters have. Gotcha. Well, sweet, man. Um, so I want to know what's the future for Eris and um What's the next step that folks should take to help you get there? Um, well, we keep saying it's a three-issue uh, miniseries. Uh, it was originally, when I first thought of it, 12 issues, and then it was six, and now it's three. Um, when, I think of, when I think about wrapping it up in the third issue, I, I'm, I'm wondering uh, if I want to maybe extend it a little bit. But for now, we know for sure we have a third issue. Um, we're already working on it. Sweet. And, um, in theory, that's going to be the last one. If anything, I might make it like a double-sized issue or something. Um, nice. And so, yeah, I, I, I wanted it to be a short little series that, that's kind of intense and fast and weird and uh, hits people in a, in a way that maybe uh, is different from the way other types of, of comics hit them. And so I think people should check it out. Uh, if nothing else, I think that they might enjoy, you know, the formal aspects, but I think that there's a lot of you know, if you're sitting around and you're thinking about all these things, too, like I think a lot of us are and you're also into like space, then uh, mm-hmm. I think you would dig this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we have the Kickstarter running now. I think we've got like 20 something days left to go. We're pretty close to our goal already. And so I think you can back with confidence, you'll get it. I've delivered every campaign I've ever done. So I don't think anyone should worry about that. The book's finished, you guys have read it. Um, so mm -hmm. it's just a matter of sending it to the printer. There's only one more thing I got to draw, and that's on the last page. I like those, a taste of things to come kind of uh, mm -hmm. images. So mm -hmm. I, I got to do that still. Oh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, they can go check out the Kickstarter. I got issue one and two on there. You can get it digitally. You can get it on paper. Um, I do have a first printing level. Um, I had a commission level, but it's sold out. Um, I do have a lot of original nice. art left. Um, so yeah, and I, I know for sure that you know when it ends, a lot of those things are going to be even less available. Like the art is priced for the campaign. It It's not, I, I want the prices to be higher. So after the campaign, they will be. Um, but yeah, they should go check out the campaign. And, and you know, by this point, you'll be two thirds of the way through the comic once you get the second issue. So yeah. you don't have to trade weight. Also, there's not a trade. So, <laughs> you know, there's just the third issue coming out. So yeah, absolutely. it was named a project we love by Kickstarter. Which yes, is it great. was. It yes. So they're, they're behind cool. it. Everybody yeah, should be behind it. That stuff helps. And um, and yeah, you know, honestly, like, uh, you know, I just want people to, if they have checked out the first issue, tell other folks about it. And if you haven't, um, comics on paper are great. Sci-fi is great. Action's great. It's the best. The second issue is the best thing I've ever drawn. You know, I've never reached. This is a new level for me. And I don't nice. toot my own horn much, but <laughs> I think it's pretty good. And I think it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do something on this uh, right now. Like uh, people that I know listen to the podcast, I'm going to say, uh, Right now, I need Liam P. Huberty to go back <laughs> the campaign. Uh, let's see. John Iker, definitely you need to back the campaign. Nigel, we know you're listening. Nigel. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tyler, what's Tyler's last name? Tyler Jenis. Tyler Jenis. Yep. Uh, you guys all need to go back this right now. Abigail. Abigail Mendoza. <laughs> yep. Uh, Good stuff, guys. So there's there's five. If they don't... If they don't if they don't do it, let me know, and I'll make sure they never listen to this podcast again. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh we can boy. do that. We can block people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from the subscription feed. Hey, if, you come, yeah. if you come and back us from listening to this show, <clears throat> tell me in the backer survey, and I'll throw in something extra for you. Ooh, oh, tell them Tom right. Stegman sent you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, uh, let it be known, guys, that um, you won't be able to listen to the podcast if you don't back it, but you can certainly still donate to the Patreon, the Patreon yeah, folks yeah. that Ryan just you listed. Won't be blocked uh, from that. Yeah, no, we will still you'll you'll still be welcome over there, and oh, yeah. we'll happy we'll be happy to have you on the Skype calls too. So, no no worries there. You guys have a Patreon? We have a Patreon. I'm Why so am glad I not getting asked. a cut of this? I'm so <laughs> glad you asked, it's Ryan. It's so small, Ryan. <laughs> you can go to Patreon.com/Sheridan and Smith to support your local supple boys who make these shows and are trying to make their dreams of making comics happen. And we love sure. talking to you guys about it. So go join um, and go back Eris on Kickstarter. Everyone, it is fantastic. And your your eyeballs will thank you. And your uh, ongoing monologue about sociopolitical uh, conflicts happening in the world will also be intrigued, I say. Oh, yeah. um, do we have pop culture news, Ethan? Is that what's happening next or are we winding down the show? What is the next thing to happen? That's up to, that's up to Mr. Ryan Stegman. Mm. Uh, Tyrell. Tyrell is a, would you consider yourself a film snob? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a film snob in that, you know, I, 
I my favorite thing to do is watch B horror movies, but um, mm. I scoff at mainstream film a lot. Oh, yes. perfect. Okay, Ethan, give me your most <laughs> then it's, mainstream then... pop culture. <laughs> it's time for pop culture news. <laughs> these guys, listen, Tyrell. These two, I explain this on every episode. They love Star Wars. <laughs> Just always bring. They Star love Wars Jared Leto. We have. <laughs> and they recut their own Spider-Man movies. Oh no! It's the they're, trifecta. They're, oh no! They're MCU completists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Let's let, lay it on let's me. Hear it. Pop culture news. Pop culture. Well, now I now I just feel embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> you didn't team sorry. me up like I would hope to be. Uh, uh, Ethan, these guys have great taste in film. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, uh, go on. Films such as uh, Citizen Kane. They're <laughs> uh, big John Ford fans. <laughs> Stagecoach. Yeah. I love yeah. watching Stagecoach every week. Uh, actually, uh, Griffin went to film school mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to learn how to make uh, MCU movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Learn how to recut mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. There. Now you're teed up. <laughs> all right. Now I'm confident. Now I'm confident. You guys want to talk about some some? God damn it, Ryan. I. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to talk about some shit that leaked out from the new Spider-Man movie? Oh, <gasps> do I? Yes. <laughs> okay. Ryan, I don't know if you've seen any of this, but uh, there are some toys, some toy images leaking out from the new Spider-Man movie, and obviously Griffin and I are chomping at the bit for any information about this fucking movie because we know that toby and andrew are in it They're we know they are happening. and now, we just listen, need to be this confirmed is, this is the world we live in now folks so before we've seen any formal promotional materials for this movie no trailer no poster we're seeing the toys first baby we gotta, That's look, at, we gotta look at some <laughs> lego sets and some funko pops <laughs> and uh, that kind of looks like something i recognize <laughs> um, uh, but basically, this like Hot Toys thing came out that uh, is just all over the fucking internet now, and there are Funko Pops that match it, so it's definitely a real thing in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Spidey's got a suit. Uh, spoilers, by the way, <laughs> potentially. Uh, mm. This is a leak, so you know anybody that's worried about knowing something going into this movie. I'm don't probably gonna get a call from Kevin Feige. Yeah. What are you yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's Tom Holland in a new suit, and the suit is clearly like a magic suit. Like it's got all these runes and shit all over it, and it's black and gold. And over his chest is like a is like a Doctor Strangey incantationy thing, and he's got like different web shooters that are shooting like magic webs and is shit. It a so he's clearly. I, I, I don't know. It's it's a clearly a new thing, um, and it, it it's I think it's pretty clearly something for him to wear to different dimensions, maybe. Um, and the the images of the toy as well show him with these different backgrounds, and people have pointed out that the backgrounds are reminiscent of scenes from the Tobey Maguire movies and the Andrew Garfield movies. Um, and people have been zooming up on these little blurry shapes. In people the like you. Yes. yes, people like yes. us, freaks, degenerates. Uh, <laughs> so it's just uh, a live action into the Spider Verse. Is that that's that's the idea? That that, that's what we Seems think. that way. Everybody's um, saying it's not Andrew Garfield's. Like, oh, I'm not in it. I'm not. I'm, I'm but not. he definitely fucking is. Yeah, well, um, he's a shit. 
people have been zooming up on these little blurry objects in the background. It's like, is that another Spider-Man? It looks like another Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's either a red blob or another Spider-Man. Um, All right. Well, Tyrell, how do you feel about this? <laughs> Which part? <laughs> can we get yes. the Can we get the suit in the chat, Ethan? Do I would like to know. Ready? Oh yeah. I would I would like to know your thoughts on what Ethan just said, and also the amount of glee with we, with which Ethan just said oh, all that. Right. I, I didn't know well, this was a shame Ethan episode. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> jealous because I I feel that I have lost some of my excitement about film, mm-hmm. especially comics film. Uh, you know, I mean, I go see them and they're fine and everything, but but. If I was, if this was happening, like when I was growing up, we had red brown Captain America and and yeah. Dolph Lundgren Punisher and like that's Very it. Good. And so, you know, part of me is happy that it's happening, but it's it it is so overwhelming. And there's like, yeah, the fact that now there's toys and this is like the what third or fourth iteration of Spider-Man on film. Am I gonna see the the freaking, you know, origin story again? You know, are the, is he gonna? have the relationship with mary jane i don't know i mean to me i'm less excited now about them and so i, I envy you and it's the same well, have you seen the, have you seen the tom holland movies yeah i have actually i mean they're good they're, okay. they're cool they're fine because they're, uh, they're, they're trying new stuff you know they're trying to go in new directions different stuff there be like, yeah. Tyrell, wait till your daughter is a little bit older and she wants to watch them and then you're going to be all about it well, and that's fine. Like when my kid is older and she's into it, I will, I will definitely, you know, be fine with it. It's not like I hate them. It's just more that I used to be so well, pumped. Like cool. I remember, I went to X Men one and two like at midnight in the theater. I went to Blade, you know, two and three in the theater mm-hmm. like at midnight. You know, I went to Sin City at mid, you know, and mm-hmm. now part of it too is just like you're saying. Like I've heard so much about it before it's out. And then you get these trailers that have like the trailer for the trailer at the beginning of the trailer mm-hmm. that shows you stuff from the trailer. And then the trailer shows you the whole movie. Um, it's hard. So I, I avoid a lot of this news, honestly. Um, that suit looks kind of cool that you just posted. All there. you have to do is you have to lean into just drowning in pop culture. That's what you have yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I uh, that's my thoughts on it. That sounds, I sound like such an old fuddy-duddy, but yeah. No, it's I, fine. <laughs> It's yeah. on, on our podcast. We say like what you like, but uh, that also applies to dislike what you dislike. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Or don't give a shit about what you don't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm or, still excited about film, but not not necessarily Spider-Man. Go so. ape shit over Jared Leto and Morbius. Yeah. Leto, let's go Leto, our famous go, segment. Ryan, an important segment. Look, in the, look in the chat. Look at the Spider-Man. I saw it. I said it was cool. He liked it. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So how long yeah. until you're forced to draw that, Ryan, on, on a cover yeah. somewhere or something? Oh, man, I can't. I, I haven't been asked yet, but I would imagine it will happen. <laughs> T-minus three months. Easy. Yep. When is this new movie coming out? December, uh, December 17th. Now. We are less than uh, five months away from or we're right about five months away from it, and they still have not released a trailer which is um ballsy in today's day and age usually well, they want to pump that shit way that's in what advance matrix is doing too right I, I mean i'm more excited about the matrix that's how, how <laughs> I, and uh i mean it's either going to be a train wreck or it will be awesome so i'm i'm but they haven't shown anything from that either i think i did see some sort of like you know a thing like a toy that leaked out but yeah you know, mm. I, i'm I, glad they're not showing the trailers i'm so curious about matrix 4 i mean oh, yeah the original Matrix trilogy, obviously the Wachowski sisters are, I mean, they're incredible. Right. And um, so I don't know. I don't know because it really felt like the trilogy was so like 
concealed, yeah. ready to go. Right. It's done. Right. It's perfect. Um, but yeah, they perfect. apparently they got one more in the tank. Listen, okay, not uh, maybe not perfect, but I don't know. <laughs> People got their thoughts about thoughts about Revelations and Reloaded. Um, the overarching thing is pretty good, I will say. But of course, the first one, I mean, the first one is one of the best films I think ever made. So, um, needless to say, I'm excited about the fourth one, especially in this Keanu sense that we're still yes, uh, being yes. treated to. Griffin still wears the leather jacket and sunglasses just out mm-hmm. and about to this day. Um, I know, I've, I've seen it. I yeah. showed up to lunch with Ryan last week wearing the whole getup. Mm-hmm. Slick my hair back and it'll it, be yeah. 105 out and he'll be in that fucking trench coat and just sweating <laughs> i gotta commit i gotta yeah. commit that's commitment. uh did did any did anybody here see black widow aside from the two fucking nerds uh anybody <laughs> i've got i've got half of it left that might be something that i do tonight actually oh, are you, you just watching it at home yeah you didn't even yeah. watch it all at once what the fuck gotta watch <laughs> i've got children yeah aren't they into it a little bit Forget yeah, about but they were, they, you know, I was like, well, if I don't put them to bed now, they'll turn into monsters, so. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, That's part of the pop culture news because uh, people were like, oh, no, our theater's dead. But Black Widow's box office is pretty fucking great. It's, it's, uh, it was nearly what Spider-Man's was, the previous MCU movie for its opening weekend. Nice. Uh, and, uh, alongside doing really well on Disney Plus as well, so that is really promising for theaters. Aren't dead? That's so. That's pretty good to hear. I'm happy to hear that. I mean, I mean, AMC's apparently crushing amount of debt. AMC's always in a crushing amount of debt, though. They've been trying to figure that shit out for ages. That that's whole movie true. pass deal and everything. They've been trying to work that shit out forever. But you know, it seems to be doing all right. I'd say. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's just well, like the rest of us. Just keep pushing the debt off. Just keep pushing it off. <laughs> fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just keep pushing it off and thinking, maybe Ryan Stegman will... Maybe, maybe Ryan maybe Stegman will Ryan save the AMC theaters chain. They yeah. should. I would I kill it as a director. I think so. I think they should get you to hop in there, do some key art, some key frames for a movie, and I think it would be fucking awesome. All right. I'll, t- I'll let him know. Thanks. Well, we don't have a, any real Jared Leto news this that. week. We don't uh, have a real Let's Go Leto segment, and we're certainly not going to have anything that beats the last piece of news, which, if everybody forgot, is that Jared Leto said the hardest part of playing Morbius was that it's pretty close to who he is as a person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, he did the, the one tiny tidbit that we have is that he says it's going to be a Jekyll and Hyde story. So, <laughs> oh. Um, I'll watch. I'll vote for Leto being a wacko. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go, Leto. Uh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Uh, that's where I'll leave that. <laughs> <laughs> we got a trailer for Why the Last Man on Hulu. Um, oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. A little. It's a little teaser. Um, but uh, that's coming up pretty soon. And if people haven't are read you guys it yet fans of that that comic are you all completists yeah, yeah i think we're yeah i think we're like we're we're fairly fond of it donnie cates our friend of the show loves it and we we've been going through it volume by volume over on his and megan hutchison cates podcast devil's advocates book club we have three episodes out going through the first three <laughs> volumes yeah he's a real underground like sort of writer <laughs> he's up and coming he's up and coming yeah <laughs> We've been trying to boost his stuff. He actually know. wrote the Venom book that I did, Tyrell. 
Uh, no, I met Donnie a couple times. I know. Yeah. I'm just joking. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Griffin, what pop culture news do you have? <laughs> uh, Fast 9 was fucking awesome. Agreed. Was it? Agreed. I'm a fan of the Fast and Furious movies, and I, mm-hmm. I would rather see a Fast and Furious movie than an Avengers movie. Would you really? Yeah, wow. 100%. Okay. Yeah, I love it, man. It's like because it's a superhero movie, just with cars, you know. With cars, and Diesel's and more of a family. hero to me than it's Captain all about America. Family, man, it's all great. About... It's got great recurring characters. It it's definitely like, is all about family. It's like X Men with cars. I love it. I would say this nine was particularly great. You're talking about reoccurring uh, characters, and they they kind of it was like the Avengers of the Fast and Furious yeah. universe. F nine, yeah. they brought everybody back for this one. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome, and I would say the shark. I mean, they've been looking to jump the shark for a few movies now, but I think they finally jumped several sharks in this one, and I could not be happier, and I hope they continue to do so. I want the franchise to just go fucking bonkers, and I want them to do whatever stupid shit Vin Diesel wants to do this time. That's what I say. It's yeah, great. Vin is a huge when's, nerd. When's so. Vin Diesel going to write a comic? All these actors are muscling their way into comics. We got Amelia mm-hmm. Clark working on a comic. Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. is obviously real in that. Where, where's Vin Diesel's book to go along with his hit single? Well, he's done three video games. They were all pretty decent. That's mm. true. That's true. Yeah, it's only a matter Clark of time. doing a comic. What's she, what company is that for? Image. It's uh, a good question. I'll look it up real fast. She's. It's with Image. It's called is Mother it? of Madness. Mom. Hmm. Mother it's coming out like next week or something. It's like three issue miniseries. I I get uh, Instagram posts from Image about it like at least twice a day. <laughs> who's, who's drawing it? It's a great question. I am not quite sure. Let me so pull she, it up. She's work. She's working on it with writer Marguerite Bennett. Mm. Uh, so I guess it's a co-writing situation. Uh, Lila Layers, Layla Layers, something like that. That's the artist's name. Huh. Um, and colorist Triona Farrell. The colors look fantastic. So I don't know. That might be cool. But Vin Diesel should write a comic about how he's as tall as The Rock and could beat him in a fight. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say, The Rock's presence was sorely missed in F9. It was, yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I like John Cena. Uh, I, I liked the, uh, the direction they took with bringing him into the fold. Without, you know, I'm not spoiling it for everyone because I encourage everyone to go see it and, uh, you know, support the little indie films like F9. And, mm-hmm. um, but yes, The Rock, I missed The Rock big time in F9. I wish he well, was. Well, I mean, you know, Vin Diesel says he was just too immature on set and unprofessional. So, yeah, he just, he definitely wasn't threatened by him in any way. Um, <laughs> Ethan, stop. We might not be able to get Vin Diesel on if you keep doing these little passive-aggressive right. comments. He, he hasn't answered my DMs anyway, so... Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. All right. Well, that I was mean, my... His name is Dom. I mean, what... You know, what are... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I feel like F9, F8 as well, like, those two back-to-back really station him as, like, you can tell they're, like, Dom is... Dom's the head of this. Dom's the main character of the whole... of this whole operation and really, mm-hmm. like... Everything revolves around Dom. He's put himself into a Steven Seagal sort of status. <laughs> I'm untouchable yeah, and everything. Yeah, yes. You know, he's a he's a Steven Seagal. He's a Neil Breen. He's he's one of those guys. Neil Breen, yeah. good yeah. reference, good reference of the Neil yeah. Breen. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this, guys. If you haven't seen Neil Breen's work, please hop over to YouTube. Give Go him check a out Google. Twisted Pair. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was the one piece of pop culture news I had, unless we wanted to talk about Loki, which the finale for Loki just came out yesterday. No, I haven't seen it. I think you're the, think you're awesome. the only one here that's seen it. <laughs> Fucking A. All right. It was good. I really liked it. Tom Hiddleston's great. Sophia. Uh, podcast over. Great job, Griffin. Oh, great job, fuck. Ethan. Great job, Tyrell. Okay. Yeah, that sounds fair. Um, Tyrell, thanks so much for being with us this evening, sir. Look forward to um, having you on again in the future, and I hope everything goes really well with Eris. And I can't wait to read issue three, the supposed final issue, um, in all its double-sized glory. Um, oh, you, you just, you just you... committed him to a double-sized <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's it's in there. It's out in the, the world. You have to do it now. No, um, it, was, it was great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I appreciate it, uh, and I hope that people will check out the book. And even if they don't, uh, I hope they enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. Amen. Where uh, where can folks find you on the internet? I am on uh, Instagram and Twitter as at T Cannon Comics. Uh, I am also on Patreon as T Cannon Comics, and my website is TyrellCannon.com. You can buy pretty much everything I've made on there, um, except for the stuff that's only on the Kickstarter campaign right now. Um, so that's where you can, and I have a YouTube channel as well, but it's not much on there. There's some videos of me drawing. I'm working on getting that going. Um, nice. so yeah, I'm on all those nice. platforms. Yeah. Well, if you ever need a, a couple of dudes to do free work for you, um, that, you know, I don't know, we might know someone. Know <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, if you can, if you can beat what he's paying us, which is, um, <laughs> nothing, then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll head on over uh ryan yes <laughs> anything to say to the folks before we wrap it up uh what uh do you want me to do the catchphrase now or later no after my spiel this is this is my um, last check-in i would like to thank spiel. tyrell for coming on the show i'm excited too. for everybody to go thanks tyrell uh and that's all i've got fair see you in houston well the, no i will have seen you in houston when this is episode comes out so never mind yes um i hope it was cool in houston for the folks that got to go see donnie and ryan in houston you guys are having a panel right sure cool okay um well guys thanks so much for <laughs> listening to this episode of stegman and his amazing friends this is one of three shows on the amazing friends podcast network including the aforementioned devil's advocates book club with donnie donnie cates and megan hutchison cates where we talk about some books that donnie and megan want to talk about uh, we just did an episode about Marvel Zombies. Yeah. It's coming out a good one. at some point. So yeah, within keep the your week. eyes peeled. Keep your eyes peeled to your podcast feeds for that. There's also another show on there, the flagship show of the network, some would say, uh-uh. Supple Movies, uh, starring me and Ethan, uh, where we talk about all the stuff Ryan doesn't let us talk about on this show. No, I let you. I just ridicule you. That's true. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. So it's the ridicule, ridicule free version. Double Boys is our safe space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So you can check all of that out at SheridanandSmith.com along with some merch. You want Ryan Stegman's face on your chest? You know you do. Go get it. Patreon, patreon.com slash Sheridan Smith. Get in there. We are going to have our supple hangout for the month in the next couple of weeks here, and we'd love yeah. to have you on there. We can chat comics and uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting about Loki and whatnot. So we'd love to have you guys there. Follow us on Twitter at Stegman Show. Ryan's at Ryan Stegman. I'm at Griff Sheridan. Ethan is at Tales to Astonish. Email us at stegmanandfriends at gmail.com. We should read some emails and review sometime soon. I think we got a big old stockpile. Maybe that'll be the next one. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. 
Have a great evening. Ryan Stegman, please say your catchphrase right now. Quit your jobs. Cheers, your dreams. <laughs> Thanks, okay. guys. It's Bye-bye. a little more upsetting this time. <laughs> Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Mm-hmm.